Like people who say Tannoy when they mean public address system. Tannoy is a brand name. Okay, uh, welcome folks to episode two of the Insider's Guide to E-Commerce with me, Tim Pritchard, and Phil Rothwell and Mark Ballett. Hi, Tim. Hi. Uh, so yes, episode two, the last one, and all future episodes are available at soundcloud.com forward slash Celadec, uh, or you can search for Celadec in the iTunes store. Uh, the links are available on both our Facebook and Twitter page as well, which is both just Celadec, or you can get in touch at podcast at celadec.co.uk. Um, so last week we spoke about Amazon, uh, and this week, Phil, you've come up with this crazy idea. Well, it seems more, th- it seems more, more than a week. I mean, I think it's... It probably is more than a week. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you're not podcasting. <laughs> so I forgot what your question was now. Uh, you come up with this crazy idea about the standard model of e-commerce. Oh, yeah, the standard model. Well... Um, I nicked the title, by the way, from the sort of uh, particle physicist. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> but I thought it sounded great, so I thought we'll go with that. But I suppose where it came out of was, you know, having spent a lot of time talking with customers over the, particularly over the last three or four years, yeah, um, about how we can help them grow their sales on their website, and you tend to end up talking about a lot of detail, mm. a lot of issues, um, a lot of ideas. Um, a lot of activities you can undertake to 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 grow your business or, or increase in customer engagement and do all sorts of things. But the problem was is that it had no structure and form to the conversation. And, and you end up with a long list of things you could do and not really much idea about what's the best thing to do next. Yeah. And so... My as a sort of someone who sort of I used to be a journalist in a uh, another era, another age. <laughs> you know, I, my instinct is to simplify, yeah. and so I kind of looked at the process of selling online and decided to, to see if I could find a way of categorizing the activities and skills you need to run an online business, and came up with this idea of a standard model. And what it is is to effectively subdivide these tasks and actions into four groups the first being brand marketing so are those four groups in specific order is there any one more important than the other or is it all glued together well there are some sometimes there are things which are more important than the other but yeah the the but that can change it depends on where your business is okay and uh, in fact, that's a great intro to talk about perhaps branding yeah but I won't I won't do that now but the four areas I would broadly categorise by the sort of skill sets you need to deliver to, to work on them would be brand marketing, which mm-hmm. is defining who you are and how you differ from your competitors. Um, platform development, which is, you know, when we talk about website development and developing a new online store, that's the, the coding, the images, the design, yeah. um, how it works, etc. The platform the mecha- that that's the technology you use to operate your business. Yeah. Um, and then there are these two other areas which are sort of more marketing related, one of which is growth hacking. That is looking at existing traffic flows, existing customer activity, and using that data and information to improve and enhance your sales. A bit like, you know, the... 
you know, England, England British cycling do marginal gains. Yeah. It's like finding marginal gains in your business through Just nerd biking. Through, yeah, nerd biking. That's that's <laughs> what I do. And and then the final bit is the customer engage is customer engagement. Right. Reaching out and in, and finding new customers and engaging them in some kind of dialogue, some kind of conversation. Uh, at the same time, of course, remarketing to your existing customers. So I would say, for me, the engagement side is the much more creative side of online marketing. Uh, and the growth hacking was is the slightly nerdier part See, of it. For me, they all come together under the term branding. Because, you know, people always look at branding as just a logo or a strapline or whatever, but it isn't. It's all about those things like customer engagement and like social media and all those things. You know, if you walk into an Apple store and the way someone greets you or you walk into a hotel the way you're greeted, that's all part of the branding, isn't it? So it would is. you say I, that, I, that all encompasses? I, I, I think you're right, but I, I suppose I wanted to divide it into four areas where you could provide specific attention to a right. range of activities. Okay. So everything you do in terms of engaging customers is about communicating what your brand is who yeah. you are, what you stand for, what you're passionate about. Mm. But there's this process of brand development which you need to go through before you, you can identify what that is. Yeah. But once you've done it, then you align everything around your brand position. I find your standard model a little bit nerdy for me, really, in a way. But <laughs> the, uh, I think it's really about being competitive. We live in a very competitive environment, particularly online. And so there's some stuff which, which you might call a hygiene factor, which you really need to do pretty well. And it's some of your model. You know, some of the stuff you just need to get hosting right. You need to get certain technical things right. And as technology changes, keep up to date with them. There's those sorts of things. Then there are other things which kind of move towards the sort of the branding idea a little bit, which can be di truly differentiating. They can help you be mm. different to your, to your, um, your competitors. And at the end of the day... Um, being different to your competitors, which is what's, is what's going to sustain your business uh, over a longer period of time. And that's what brands are, really. Brands are a, a, a sort of a package, in a way, of benefits. And there's two sorts of benefits fundamentally in that. One are sort of functional benefits, like this car goes faster than that car or something. And the other are, are more emotional benefits and, and intangible benefits. Um, and... And those things together become a band. So in some cases, you know, I, I, I often talk about um, my Wellington boots and my wife's Wellington boots. And in, in traditional marketing, people say that, you know, the main benefit is, you know, perhaps from Wellington boots is keeping your feet dry. But I, I bought a pair that cost me £10 and my wife bought a pair that cost £80. Yeah. They both keep your feet dry. But she bought her brand, which was a bit more upmarket. And promised other things, which are to do with very intangible things about style and class, and you know, which have got nothing to do with the fundamental benefits. So, so that is going to be increasingly uh, important the more competitive markets become. Brands are a real emotional thing, isn't it? Like oh, you yeah. get emotionally tied into a brand. I mean, have you ever walked into a bar or a shop and said, "Can I have a cola or a stout?" You don't do. You go no. in and you say, "Can I have a can of Coke and yeah. a Guinness?" Yeah, we are tied to them. And <laughs> More I was, a Guinness, I imagine. I mean, I, every morning when I you know I come to the office, I go to Predamonje. I love Predamonje as a brand because of the whole combination of stuff it delivers for me. You know, I, it just suits me. I like. There are, I, I'm. I'm quite like all of us. We're quite loyal to brands. 
because um, they deliver something that overall is better than anybody else. That overall, yeah. taken as a whole, you're not, and that taken as a whole thing includes a lot of things. And within the standard model, there's some things I expect there and some things which are differentiating and some are just kind of what I expect for a good company these days. And, there's a, and I think what I like about the standard models, is it says, well, you have to do all of this stuff, guys, if you want to compete. You have to have to think about your brand. You have to think about your strategy and your marketing, and not and that has to be integrated in your thinking with some of the more technical aspects. But I, I, for me, I, 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 you know, the discussion about brand ends up. We talk about you know Presse Manger or Virgin or um, Hoover or Dyson, and there are these these big names which have got vast amounts of money to spend on you know graphics design teams, artists, agencies. Uh, Etc. And then they can they can buy advertising. Uh, I think the the great the big challenge I have is well, how is it possible if you're a small business and you don't have those kind of resources at your disposal? How is it possible for you to to develop a an identity in the same way? Absolutely true. I always think about this with Domino's Pizza. Everyone's always obsessed with if you're going to get pizza. Oh, who do you go to? Domino's. And it's just because I mean, Domino's are such a big brand now, they don't even call themselves Domino's anymore. Their logo is literally just a domino. There's no words anymore because it's so recognisable. How does the small independent pizza place get better known than Domino's? I think it becomes it's a specific thing. And you have to, at the end of the day, marketing fundamental and marketing strategies about matching whatever strengths you have with an opportunity and finding that best match in a very competitive environment. And one thing I often quote is uh, a plumber somewhere I used to used to used to work. Because I mean, did, did people say to me a lot of the times, well, you know, plumbers are just plumbers. You know, how can somebody be differentiated and have a brand in plumbing which is very effective? Yeah, and, as a consumer, you want your pipes fixed. It doesn't really matter. Does and it? Yeah. I knew this guy who I used to live, and he was a. He used to be a, an insurance manager in the city. He retired at 50, did a three-month plumbing course, and within a, a few months had more work than any other plumber in this town. And that's because, and he didn't really think about this, it just happened. He was quite a well-spoken chap. You know, and um, he was known as the gentleman plumber. And there was a sufficiently large market of people in that town who wanted those benefits. They wanted to deal with that sort of person, and they prioritised that over his, his plumbing experience. Yeah, I love the story about the... The gentleman plumber, because it, it shows you that if you're being successful, there's a good chance there's something you're doing already which is differentiating you from your competitors. He's a great example of and a brand is more than a logo as well, because exactly. you're not hiring him because he's got a flashy logo. You're hiring him for his service and for, for his differentiation. He is his logo. Yeah, absolutely. He is the logo, that yeah. style of dress is the logo yeah and and it's a great example of but you know he, he's not spent millions of pounds on an agency no he just dresses well and people have noticed and I, and I love that as a story um, I was reading recently in um, e-commerce week that digital consumers though are more likely to ditch bad brands than high street shoppers now given that you know we're quite slightly obsessive about brands and you know our own brand is we create unique online businesses yep. and that's all about uh, aligning our customers are you know around some kind of defining defining statement about what the who they are and what they do yeah you know i read that and i thought you know that's actually quite bad news isn't it because you know 
brand obviously online has to be more than pixels. Of course. Um, for it to work. So if you're, say, one of uh, a Celadec type customer who might be a small business, a startup that's been very successful and gone on from that, um, then how do you how do you hold on to this cost? How do you build brand um, loyalty in a world where particularly young people, it says, are prone to shift about? Well, I think, as we said, brands are very emotional attachment. And that's obviously because... Sorry, is it not obviously, but sometimes there's a, a more physical thing to it. So like with Starbucks, it's the thing about going in and getting a coffee and the whole the whole experience. Or Nike wearing a certain pair of trainers or wearing a certain t-shirt, etc. Domino's Pizza, eating the pizza. When you're talking about an online brand, it's you're talking about a website. So it is just something in front of you and to, how to, do you build an emotive experience well and to get nerdy from my perspective i mean in very very simple marketing terms there used to be a thing called was it, four or five p's of marketing but in the service business it's about seven things and really what that's saying is you've got seven dimensions you can vary your business on product price price promotion people physical evidence and process without boring with all that but but the thing which you have on traditionally have had online or not had online, is the opportunity to have face-to-face contact with people, like yeah. our plumber did. Yeah. He, he differentiated himself specifically on, on the person, I think, mm. because he was a different sort of person. And, as you say, the physical evidence of like a restaurant or a cafe isn't available. However, so on, on the face of it, you'd think that trading online limits you because you don't have those dimensions. But, of late, video has become much more available for mm. instance so for instance it's quite easy if you own a if you are an enthusiastic something and you have a site you can get online you can have a visible presence you can produce youtube videos you can do you can actually bring some of that reality in face to face to some extent online you know you can also if you if if your online shop is just part of a bricks and clicks thing and you have a shop or shops or warehouses or some other activity you can show that too so it's possible to bridge that gap a little bit i think great example of that is um blendtec who i think we've spoken about before phil with um will it blend i love that i love those videos it was amazing i mean Uh, they were i think correct me if i'm wrong if anyone wants to email in podcast at celadec.co.uk but I think they were close to going out of business because no one was buying their blenders. And then they went on YouTube and started putting golf balls and iPhones yeah, in the blender. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And it went viral and people realised how good their blender is. So they created that sort of experience. Mm. In, I remember watching them blend setting. an iPhone. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, well, it was quite frightening as well. You thought you don't want to yeah. inhale anything that's currently flying around in that blender, no. do you? No. <laughs> they used to have, don't they have little warnings saying, you know, don't inhale, inhale this smoke, you put yeah, a gas don't mask. don't breathe this. Don't breathe this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's some yeah. sort of liquidised battery. So you can actually, you know, to, it, the more you can use all of those seven Ps... To vary your offering, the more you have an opportunity of developing a unique proposition. And that is very important in our competitive environment. We work with our customers all the time to help them to do that as part of the standard model. Yeah. Our standard model is you have to get that right and it has to be integrated with the other things um, which are just expected uh, of a website these days. And those things are changing all the time. So we keep our customers up to date with that and everything aligned because it gives you the best chance of actually being successful and maintaining that success online which if you're successful um, is very important you have to put effort into as the world changes otherwise somebody's going to come and take your lunch 
Mm. It's about building that experience, though, isn't it? Like, you know, you can't. Again, let's let's think of someone else. Subway, incredibly identifiable on every high street nowadays. And when someone walks out to think of their lunch from the office, they probably think, "Oh, I'll get a you know a Subway." You can't build that experience with a website. And if you have maybe a small bricks and mortar shop, you're not going to have seven hundred chains up and down mm-hmm. the country with your signs everywhere and big national TV adverts. So building that is difficult. But then if you run, say, a fishing website, you could quite easily put videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And if you're done well, like the Willet Blend guys, you can build that experience. Mm -hmm. And then don't forget social media, you know, talking to people, discussing catch reports and things like that. That's a way of building that brand and that experience online. challenge there's a challenge of identifying you know creating an identity for yourself mm. and a set of values you want to uh, uphold and uh, a value proposition defining your value proposition um, and your all of your propositions to your customers and then saying what makes you stand out but then you've got the secondary challenge which is to align everything you do behind that behind your brand and, and in fact that's really what makes the difference in the end because as I think you were saying earlier today, it's not it's not what you say, it's what you do that really impacts people. Yeah. So anybody can say, for instance, you know, we give great customer service. Yeah. But no one will believe you until you do. Mm. And in fact that's that's actually quite a soft differentiator because it's so easy to say. And it's not difficult to give good customer service. It's, no. it's quite easy to give bad customer service, <laughs> but it's not a, you don't have to be a genius to, to treat someone moderately well and get something delivered on time. To do it consistently at scale is, is another just, matter. Just, you know, just thinking about your standard model a bit, I think what, what, we, what you, you, we believe here and we discuss all the time is actually, just forget about being online for a moment, to run any business well is pretty hard actually, particularly if it's developing and evolving. To do it online, you require an awful lot of skills. And those skills are key on. You need to update them all the time and you need to be coordinated. And that's very, very hard for people running small businesses to do. Yeah. So is your, and, and so you know, our reason for being really is to, to, to become partners of people to help them to make sure their business is running effectively and continues to run effectively. All these hygiene things are sorted out and we can help them with the strategic sort of branding things as well. Because... A lot of our customers wouldn't be able to do it on their own. Okay, so obviously we know how important brands are. Um, you know, some of the world's biggest brands are identifiable just by merely a logo alone, etc. But brand is more than a logo. So, what what sort of advice can we can we give for you know small medium sized enterprises um, who are building a brand and who are struggling to do that? Where, where's the where do they start? I don't. Know. I think a really good way to start is to ask yourself a few simple questions, really. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I? What do I do? Yeah. Who do I do it for? Mm-hmm. And why am I different to everybody else? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, they, they sound very easy questions to answer, and, and at one level they are, but um, you can uh, it, it, they stimulate, they start to stimulate the process which you use, Mark, in, yeah. your, in your consultancy, where you where you start thinking about why you're here. Mm. And my, my two questions are slightly different. One is, uh, what business are you in? And by that, I, get, I encourage people to think about the benefits they're delivering. So, for instance, uh, 
if you're a hairdresser, you know, most women go to have their hair done by way of example, not because they want shorter hair, because they want to feel good about themselves. You know? Correct. So hairdressers yes, yeah. are in the feeling good about yourself's business. Yeah. Right? Now, if you think about your business in those terms, it gives you half a half an idea as to what you can think about and how you can develop your brand. Um, the second question is, uh, why should anybody buy from you? you know? You've got to have a tangible reason why, why you're different in some way. So in developing a brand, you have to understand yourself. And you're right, I think, if you've been training for a while and things are going well, chances are there is something different about you. There is something why people are coming back. Um, and so if you haven't thought about it before, think about what that is. What's making you different? Why do people buy from you? And what actually are the benefits you're delivering? Once you've got those two things, it's a, st- a help. That's if you've been training for a while. If, you, if you're kind of doing new things, you need a form, far more fundamental approach that starts from what you've got, what strengths you've got to help you compete in the marketplace and sort of start from there. Well, that, that, yeah, I suppose, I suppose a, big, a big, big factor in how you go about defining your brand is, to under, is, is where you, is your start point. So if, you're, if things are going very well for your business and, and you're hoping that they're going to continue to grow well or get even better... Mm. Then that's a different start point to things have been going well for a few years and now everything's the fizz is gone. Mm. That's those are two different start points, aren't they? Mm. And how would you, Mark? How would you? What would you do differently? Would you do anything different, or would you approach it in exactly the same way? Well, it depends what the question was, I suppose. If the question is, look, how can I? We I mean, see the What normally happens is people who are things are going well, they don't ask such basic questions. <laughs> you know, it's only the very, very enlightened who think these things are going great here. Let's make sure I've really got my brand sorted out and buttoned down. They normally ask it when it's actually beginning to deteriorate. But the process is the process is fundamentally the same. Um, so you know, it is it is about understanding exactly why people are buying from you as opposed to somebody else, and whether those things are changing. What happens normally when you get to a situation where you're on, you lose confidence because you know, sales are going down, for instance, is that stuff has changed. It could be your environment. It could just be you. You could have reached your capacity. You might not have any more money. You might not know what to do. Whatever it is, it's normally one or two. It's normally one, more than one thing. And you have to somehow grasp that and understand what has changed and what your possible responses are. And you normally have a number of different ones. So in that respect, it's no different at all. If you're doing really successfully, you've still got a number of options going forward. And you need to assess where you are, look at what those options are, and then pick the one that's most likely to work for you and focus on it. So yeah. that's yeah. what when, when you're growing, often businesses sort of get defocused and they take on more and more things. And that's somewhat often one of the reasons why they stop being so successful. So businesses need to keep on kind of refocusing as they're developing because if they're not growing or something at least the world is changing around them and and, and what they need, the, the most successful businesses do keep on refocusing around a clear marketing strategy which they've had for some time which is about how they're positioned in the market for instance but i think that happens quite a lot online as well with with um you know people start adding more and more to their stores and oh we now sell this and we now sell this Diversifying. It, all, it, it, it diversifies, but it also dilutes. And you've got a great niche product, and then you're not quite concentrating on that so much anymore. So now we're doing this and we're doing this, and the whole thing gets a bit diluted where you should be focusing on and, and that one, particular niche, maybe. In that and one way to, and what I would say to the people who are growing, or in both cases, I'd say it, but you know, what, is, what is your core competence? What is your core strength area? You know, focus on that and building and protecting that rather than getting diverted. 
And you know, it's just, but it's really understanding what that is. And a lot of people are very successful without really understanding that. And uh, so then it, when things change, it's really hard to make yeah. choices. If you do understand it, not only can you keep yourself focused, but you keep, when, when ideas come up, rather than saying, well, well, that's a great idea, let's do that as well, it's, that's a great idea. Does that actually fit with my, clear, my, my core underlying strategy or not? Mm. Yes, okay, let's do it. No, forget it. Mm. It makes it clearer to, to help you understand what your business you're in and what business you're not in. One thing I would say as well is imperative for a, a modern brand is the right name. I've heard a few examples recently of people sort of starting new brands or or have come across websites and you, you see the name and it's like Impatico or something. It's like, mm. what do you sell? It's like, I don't know. It doesn't matter because I, I can't work it out from that. And it's not very good for SEO either. You know, I think you need a brand that's going to describe what you do. Okay, so to bring us to a close, let's uh, think of some conclusions then and some, some points, some take-home points. So, Phil, what would your take-home points be about branding? Take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. Think about it. You know, you've had, you know, two questions from Mark, four questions from me. You know, sit down and try and answer them. And, you know, then say, well, actually, when I look at my website, does my website reflect my responses to those questions? Ask other people as well. Because you can answer your own questions and give yourself the answers that you want to hear. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Ask, ask your cousins, ask your uncles, ask your friends, whoever it might be. Success is a real... Is, is a, it puts you in the world of delusion. Yes. <laughs> As we discovered in the early years of Saladak in the 90s, you know, we were very, very successful and we thought we could walk on water mm -hmm. and it turned out we couldn't. Yep. I would say that all, all successful businesses and individuals, people for that matter, without exception, are meaningfully different to other people or other businesses. To, in a business, they're meaningfully different to a sufficient number of people who are going to choose them because they offer that difference. Now, that difference can be a tangible thing or it could be an emotional thing or it could be a package of the two, and that's incorporated in a brand. So personal brands, company brands, are where the value is and... Uh, you ignore it at your peril. Mm. Good. Just for fun, Phil, give me a brand that you like and why. A brand that I like. I suppose my brand of the last month has been Amazon because I bought an Amazon Echo. Back to Amazon. And she is my best friend. <laughs> Have <laughs> you accidentally ordered any doll's house? <laughs> no, not yet. I would say, I mean, I've got, I was struggling there, but I've got three that come to mind straight away. American Express, incredibly consistent. I have a card, I've had it for years. The customer service is fantastic, and I love it. And that's actually one of the things I'm buying from a credit card more than anything. So that's wonderful. Pret-a-Manger, the whole package in Pret-a-Manger is wonderful. I love the place for every aspect of its operational delivery and its products and the people and everything. It's got a real great package. And a third one, which maybe people haven't heard about, but I, I love as another brand, is called The Games Workshop. It's a, it's a smallish English company that sells basically wargaming things for, for young boys no competition, hasn't had any competition for years, must be a high margin because they charge a lot of money, 
and they just it's just a beautiful little brand. I'll ask this now, Mark. Are you a Warhammer head? No, 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 no. no. My son, <laughs> I can't believe you son. said that. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Games Workshop. Crazy. Where might you go in there? It's full of teenagers. <laughs> it's a fantastic brand. A fantastic brand. We <laughs> just see Mark in the corner of Games Workshop in a big pair of shades and a hat. My son. My Selling son is, <laughs> yeah. my son is now, who's now 30 years old, when he was much younger, used to buy things in there. So. No, I like it. I like it. It's great. It's, it's not great something brand. I've got personally, but what about you, Tim? I quite like the Zippo brand because uh, even like non-smokers want to own a Zippo. Because <laughs> why is that? Well, there's, there's something charming about a Zippo. The smell of it, the flicking it open, and you look cool when you can flick a Zippo open in one motion and it lights. What do you use it to set to set fire to though? If you're not a smoker. Well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> 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 I remember I bought a Zippo for my brother for his 18th birthday. I was sort of 14, 15 at the time. I got my mum to buy it. Because I just thought every 18-year-old should own they, a Zippo. Full speaking is a former smoker. They do work in almost any environment. Yeah, well. exactly. So yeah. you can actually take them onto the hills or something and, but and they'll function, whereas matches... It's a name that everyone knows. And, and it's one of those ones like, you know, Coke or Pepsi or Guinness, mm. etc. It's just a great brand. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, chaps. Uh, thank this you. has been another great episode of uh, the Insider's Guide to E-Commerce. You will find us again on SoundCloud and iTunes, Twitter and Facebook, selldeck.co.uk. Thank you.